0: This is the Roaring Open podcast, and here I am with my co-host who I'm trying to figure out what the ROI of him is. Uh,
1: division by zero. <laughs> <laughs> See uh, there. <laughs> Hello, Jan. How are you? <laughs> Hello, my most valued counterpart.
0: <laughs> we are today continuing this Forrester-led journey and uh, this is another one of their predictions which is that apparently proving the roi of cx is more crucial than ever and fun fact before we started recording uh Yon and i had at least a five minute debate on uh, what we actually thought that they meant by cx and second fun fact if you click on the link uh, that those of you watching on youtube can see uh you will find that the link is to a paid report that you can't even see how they define cx so hey we're going to define cx for our purposes and to frame our conversation because otherwise we could be here forever um with we he means him sure (laughs) let's do that (laughs) so in in my in my view um cx So customer experience, um, tends to be sort of consolidated around the, the part of the organization that interacts with customers post sale and like it's called customer success, not prospect (laughs) success, for example. So I, I tend to frame up CX as being, uh, things like, um, customer success managers Technical account managers, if you have those, um, support, uh, consulting, kind of training slash learning and development, if you have that sort of um, within your organisation. So I I tend to think of all of those things as kind of rolling up into <clears throat> into uh, excuse me into customer success. Um, so for the purposes of our conversation, we we're, <laughs> we're going to. Uh, I think, assume that definition.
1: Does that mean that my post office has. Well, the post office still sells me something. Uh, mm-hmm. City Hall. I just use that to register births, marriages, things like that. They never sell me anything, basically. They don't have CX.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> Dang, I, I really wanted to know that one. <laughs> uh so if we think about the different elements of a cx organization at least as as i, I defined. have defined um i think some of them are really easy to to kind of figure out if there's an roi of um and Jan, before we kind of kicked off recording mentioned uh you know consulting mm-hmm. services delivery as as being one of them I set you up for that one didn't i you did I you did although my mind. i, I I have a very strong opinion on um, kind of consulting and services delivery, specifically within the the kind of spaces that I have operated in for the last twenty or so years, which is open source based solutions, technologies, companies, um, where I tend to believe that the the role of uh, services and delivery, should not be a a profit margin it should not be a profit center of itself it should be something that is put in place to accelerate the consumption of the solution or service that you're positioning and almost certainly hopefully the success of the organization that is adopting your solution or technology and i've had conversations with leaders in the past that have a very different belief that their their part of the organization, their services delivery part of the organization should be a a significant profit center and should be an overhead. And there's a number of reasons why I disagree with it. You know, typically the organizations I tend to be part of, consulting is a relatively small part of the overall service and delivery. It is the least scalable part mm-hmm. of most organizations because it's based around having physical people to go and do things and that's something that only scales a certain amount before you need more people to deliver more services or solutions so i, I the, the the scalable part of any of any business is usually the uh subscription or the um SaaS consumption or those things that do not require a as an aggressively linear number of people to continue to drive your know, revenue for an organization but that being said even if you expect a consulting organization to be you know break even or something like that or making you know a relatively thin profit margin i still think that's reasonably easy to figure out you've got the the cost of your resources you've got the rates that they're being charged out and if you want to go deeper you can look at the projects and customers that those services uh, work on and you can look at the rates that those customers then you know, accelerate their journey or burn down the the commits that they've made or whatever it might be
1: I totally agree with the cost center versus profit center. Now Mm you said services, which I translate to support, Uh, output training in there Uh, as well. Okay. I, I sorry. So you have consulting, professional services, that's consulting, then you have support, then you have the training. I mean, those are three things that are active components that do post sales stuff. And mm-hmm. there's other roles like a success managers, customer success engineers that also do things, but those are just individuals while the rest of organizations, Now training, uh, I mean, support again is a cost center. They don't sell anything. Yeah. It has been sold and they are delivering what has been sold. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think there's any ROI estimations there. If any ROI happens, it's on the sales side that it happens. Do we sell enough product or our licenses expensive enough to be able to budget for our support. Basically that's, mm. why, that's the together uh, ROI things to do. While training and consulting could be either. And for me, and maybe I'm wrong here again, I'm not a manager. For me, the difference would be if a consulting organization is a cost center, then consulting is sold by the sales reps. Consulting executes what has been sold and moves on to the next job. Well, if consulting is to be a profit center, then consulting should sell itself. The first integrate, the first interaction might be as a result from a sales to the normal sales channels. But once the consultant is in, it should try to keep the thing alive, find new things. So there should also be a kind of a sales sadness to the person there. And that has a need for a different uh, profile. In the first case, cost center, purely technical people, Nerds, yes, we're nerds. In the second one, more of an essay kind of role, more technical probably than typical essay, but also have that sales capability in there. Mm. Which one of two is good or bad? I have no idea. I've seen both. I've seen both work very well. I've seen both work very badly. <laughs> it's yeah. sometimes in the same company because companies, that's the worst thing that can happen is a company thinks this year it's a cost center. Oh shit, it costs so much money. Hey, next year i are going to make a profit center. Oh, they don't make mm. their budget. Yeah, but it's a cost center anyway. And the companies themselves mm. don't even know it. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, I, that makes that makes sense. And the same style like, of the uh, training, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with those. I think those I think when we're talking about CX, the, the ROI of CX, I think the the consulting and delivery side of things, the training side of things, the support side of things are all relatively easy to Put a number kind on. Of, Yeah, put a number on. The, the ones where I think there is more of a, a challenging kind of situation is things like uh, the technical account managers, the customer success managers, or you, know, you mentioned customer success engineers, which I think could also be called technical account managers. It depends very much on... You know, your any given particular organization's decision on how they brand or um, name or think about their different uh, their different teams and folks, but the for me this is more about, and again, this is me coming from um, twenty plus years of organisations that largely are focused more around consumption of their solution, whether that is through Licenses, SaaS platform, whatever it might be, like that is the primary focus for revenue. So we're deliberately, or I'm deliberately not talking about things like SIs that are driven as you know large-scale kind of body shops or outsourcers or things like that, because I think there's a very I
1: think they're consulting as a profit center.
0: I think <laughs> that is absolutely the case, but I don't. Well, I have lots of experience of working with those organisations. I've never spent yeah, see. any time actually in one of those organisations, so it's not an area that I'm particularly au okay fait of talking about. But where I think um, customer success um, is very is very useful and very successful, even maybe uh, is um, this sort of blend of you know um, often the The go to market part of the organization is very focused on like closing an initial deal maybe it 's an initial land deal and uh, working with that prospect to convert them into a customer and then sometimes there won 't be any kind of immediate further kind of grow, sort of immediate significant further growth opportunities with that particular customer and you need to make sure that that customer is still has a relationship and is still engaged with your organization so in my mind that is the the sort of the role of the the csm or the TAM or whatever you you might have within your organization is to continue to make sure that 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 organization that you've spent all of that time and effort to get signed up to your service Continues to use that service. Hopefully, continues slow, but or maybe not so slow, but steady adoption across their organisation, and maybe discover there's a new opportunity or something else. At that point, different organisations have different paths. Some, the CSM team, then will will continue to grow that. Some, they will bring the account team back in, and and they will work with the CSM to continue to run that, and. I think where you often see CX organizations, specifically the CSMs or TAMS or customer success engineers, where you see them being measured is often on renewals, basically. So that organization, you know, they, they maybe bought your your services for a year, and when that year is up, hopefully they renew, even more hopefully they renew with some level of expansion. And that is often how these organizations are are measured so for me that is how you would kind of think about the the roi of those particular teams um and i i've seen them be very very critical
1: as part of you know an overall customer experience yeah maybe i mean again i'm looking at it from a different point of view of course but it always feels to me like it's trying to take work away from the sales rep, from the account executive, because they should be doing selling. And keeping relationships alive is definitely part of selling. I mean, why do you sell at a certain point? Because you know the people. Yes, small deals can happen with with Greenfield, but the hmm. big six, seven digit uh, deals, those are because of people, no respect, trust you, whatever. And hmm. you can't just fob that off to a CSM. That just doesn't work. And no. if the CSM can't hold in the renewal, is that his fault, her fault? Or is it because the original deal was a bad deal? Because for a lot of SaaS things, oh, buy X amount of cloud units and that'll cover you for a year. Two months later, the amount of cloud credits is gone and they need to uh, more, 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 more. Will that person renew? Probably not. Is that a fault? Is the CSM a- even capable of doing something with that? So even if you say that proving ROI is crucial, how do you actually put a number on it? So, I, I mean, there's a there's
0: lot to unpack in that conversation. Um, like, first of all, there needs, to be a, there needs to be a huge amount of trust between, um, between you know, a, uh, you know, a selling team and a customer success team. Like there needs to be very, very strong links between the two, if one part of the organization is frankly setting the other part of the organization up to fail, then like that's, uh, that's, that's not loaded. okay.
1: I don't think people do that, but incentives can be set them in such a way that that is what happens.
0: Yep. But in my mind, that is still like, I know incentives drive behavior, um, yeah, more more so in in some individuals and in some roles than others, but it it needs pe- people need to be responsible for their decisions. And just because someone is incentivized to do something, um, like if that is bad for the company as a whole,
1: how can it be bad for the company with company incentivized, with commission and stuff like that?
0: Uh, because people can twist. You know the way that the system, incentive that's programs what happens. and yeah exactly you see you see people kind of fudging the system to do very well for themselves even if it's negative for the company now should management have left that loophole open no obviously they shouldn't like the, that's that is the the root of the problem but that's why I go back to there needs to be very very strong trust between. You know, a, a CX organization and a, uh, a sales organization. Because if you don't have that trust and if you don't have that relationship, then there will always be friction and challenges. And while it may not be, as you said, intentional that someone sets someone else up for failure, if it keeps happening, then it doesn't matter whether it's intentional or not. It's, it's, it's happening and therefore it needs to be addressed. If it works, don't break it and if it doesn't work fix it keep doing it anyway so, and hope for the best <laughs> that's how business so, works come on <laughs> oh dear uh, so I, I i i know what you're saying around like the relationship between sellers and their then you know prospects to customers but again going back to your point around um compensation the majority of times um, sales teams are compensated on either growth or you know, what, what you would call NACV, new, new annual contract value. Uh, they're not, uh, generally speaking, not com- compensated on um, just customers renewing flat. And Which is actually they, kind of
1: perverse because for a sales rep, it's better to not have the renewal and do the deal again the next year. <laughs> Than to have a, you can't do a
0: Oh God! Okay, you've worked in some very, very dysfunctional companies. Is all no, I'm going to no. say. I'm dysfunctional. I'm not talking. about <laughs> This has no reflection on the companies I've worked
1: for. Um, it's just when I read so, those, that's what I think about. So, like
0: the the balance here, I think, is you. You also have different personalities and personas that are, frankly, better at fostering long-term relationships that are not driven by you know a deal that needs to happen this quarter or next quarter or things like that uh, you tend to see different personalities in the the most successful csms versus the most successful salespeople um it's a different job so uh, you know i i think there is there is definitely a role of kind of harmony between uh, like these different types of roles but The thing, going back to the uh, the reason why we started on this conversation, is that apparently one in five CX programs will disappear altogether, and I I just don't know what on earth they're going to do. These these organisations that are sunsetting their CX organisation because they don't see an ROI.
1: It's happening. I mean, first of all, I wanna say, I agree with the fact that CX should be part of the team. Sales team should be uh, rep, solution architect, CSM, renewal manager, if you have those, that should be the team and it should just be, mm-hmm. oh, sales done, Oop, your thing, uh, that doesn't work. But yeah. uh, in the recent layoffs, uh, I have seen very little SAs being fired because SAs, we are kind of loved by everybody. AEs typically also don't get fired well, if don't make the number, they get fired. If they make the number, they don't get fired. It's pretty standard day yeah, practice. Yeah, it's very binary. But because it's so hard for the CSM, real managers, the, the in-betweeners, if I can call it that, to prove their ROI, those are the ones that are typically hardest hit because they cannot put on the piece of paper, I made you this amount of money this year. Sales reps can do that. SA's in combination can kind of do the same. Support has to be there. Consulting can also say we build X amount of money. Training can say we build X amount of money, but those custom, those CX people, they don't have that security and they do get hit the hardest in the layoffs. I mean, sure, there's some layoffs that happen because the company merged and there're duplicate situations and that got rationalized, fine. but If I look at the people that I know, which is a small group, I agree that we're affected. Then most of them are coming if it's in the in the, in the field, in the, in the sales apparatus, if you can call it that, are coming from those jobs. So basically, maybe the programs don't disappear, but the people have definitely been hit. Mm,
0: but I don't know. I I see this as being a um, a failure of leadership rather than a failure of the the um, the, the, the concept around CX. Like I. I I think that it's a very I, I honestly I think it's a very short term approach to cut CX. I I
1: understand what you're What's saying about if you have to cut something, would you cut the AE or the SA before the CSM? All I'm saying is I think it's a it's a
0: short term approach. Okay, maybe you save some cost, mm-hmm. but a year down the line I would say it's not it wouldn't be unusual or unlikely that you then have a bunch of customers churn because they weren't continually, you know, engaged by your organization because you made that choice to let that CX program die. Like, I, I'm not saying that I know all the answers. I'm not saying I know where you should make those cuts, but I do know that I've seen, I've seen this pattern before and I've seen the long-term yeah. um, kind of story, play out far differently okay yeah they make cuts they let those people go but a year two years later um the you know the business itself takes a significant hit and it's due to people it's due to accounts churning it's due to customers kind of going elsewhere because they didn't feel engaged didn't feel involved because those those cx folks were not in place so yeah i don't I do agree that the the, R, the ROI of any particular uh, team or group or individuals it needs to be measured. It needs to be understood because if you don't do that, you run the risk of um, you know having people or having divisions or departments or teams that are you know not not having some sort of positive impact on the organisation. And if you're not continually keeping an eye on that then you're you're doing your your organization or your company a disservice but to say that that's just on cx i think is like weirdly myopic and i don't get why they're so focused on that apart from as you said like for some reason organizations just go oh well this is the easiest thing for me to cut and i i just i don't It may well be the easiest thing to cut, but I think it's a very, very short-sighted thing to do. But then, let's face it, we're looking at organizations that are making layoffs because they made a whole bunch of very short-sighted decisions in the first place to grow at, frankly, unsustainable paces. So, I don't know.
1: Maybe I'm just angry. (laughs) (laughs) On a Friday, come on. Um, I mean, spreadsheet management also has an effect here. I mean, mm-hmm. sadly, a lot of management is done based on Excel sheets, columns to the left, columns to the right. This is the line below the line, above the line. That's what happens. And CX people are hard to put in an Excel sheet. I think that's a topic for another day. <laughs> in that case, that is all the time we have for today. See how we did that. House brilliant it's very it's very impressive you can support this podcast we'll come up with better endings then by becoming a patron. every contribution does help You're on youtube you can like no we won't <laughs> <laughs> you can like subscribe hit notification bells do the youtube stuff and make dave's fridays even better you can go to www.roaringelephant.org or even there's links to the patreon page the youtube page and all the other stuff we do and you can follow us on twitter using the at roaring tag as long as that still exists and you can still send plain old email to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is, I'm just going to say, Jon.
0: And my name is barely measurable
1: ROI Dave. I'm not going to comment on that. We're just going to look forward to talking with <laughs> everybody again next week. Goodbye. See you then.